Welcome back to the Declare Podcast. Today, we get to tell you about a nonprofit we love, Hope Skate. We are thrilled to have them joining us this October at Declare. The mission of Hope Skate is to bring hope to orphans, victims of human trafficking, and the world's most vulnerable. They do this by teaching young people job skills like jewelry making and working with textiles. And by paying a fair wage, Hope Skate is able to help end the cycle of poverty. You can find out more at hopeskate.org. And of course, we'll drop the link in the show notes for you. You're so grateful and excited for you to meet Hope Skate at Declare this year. You're listening to the Declare podcast, episode number 110, Building Platforms, a heart to heart with Rachel Gilbert and Kristen Lemus. Hi, Rachel Gilbert. I'm so glad that you are joining me today. And thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I know that... Most people probably know that you and I are on the Declare team and we work together in that capacity. And you and I have been chatting a little bit about something that has been on our hearts, which is really about how we build a platform in this online social media world. And we decided that we would actually take our discussion to a podcast and not just keep it between ourselves because it seems really relevant today. So thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me. And I would really like to hear from you, like what kind of stirred up this desire to get the whole thing of platform right? And what is going on in your life that really made you start to consider that and think that through? Yeah, well, first of all, I thank you for inviting me on. This is always super fun when we get to sit down and do these chats. And, you know, I feel like this conversation has probably been a really long time coming for me anyhow, and that the Lord just finally, you know, when there's a burden that kind of emerges, really, you look back and you realize, oh, this has kind of been building probably for a while now, and it just kind of had its volcanic eruption. And, you know, for me, it started, I would say, back with whenever I very first went into the online space. And it's actually cool that you and I are getting to have this conversation because you were a part of bringing me into the online space. We were in a class called WILD at our church, which stands for Women in Leadership Development. And I felt called to start a blog. And I was like, I don't even know where to start. I, I don't even know where do you go to start a blog? Like, how does that even happen? And that's when you invited me to attend Declare. And so I just immediately got plugged right into Declare, which was awesome. And so I, I really attribute Declare and the community of Declare and the conference of Declare for me still going strong five years later, you know, because it can be kind of a, a lonely place um, in the online world. And, and I could see how I would have probably quit several times if I hadn't had community. So I'm appreciative for that. But where I'm going with this on this topic is that I know whenever I first started as a blogger, I did it just because God told me to. I didn't I, I didn't go into it with, oh, I need to have this amount of numbers and I need this many followers. And, you know, I never, in fact, I never even looked at numbers. I didn't even know how to look at numbers. I remember the first time somebody asked me what my Google analytics was. And I was like, what, where do I find that? I don't even know, you know? And I mean, just stuff like that, that I, I didn't know. And I just was doing it from a place of obedience. And along the way, I did start signing up for classes and, you know, learning more things. And I did finally learn about numbers and, and what, you know, an algorithm is and, and what an email list is. And I started learning all these things. And I feel like the more I learned, you know, the learning was good. And I don't regret learning because there's power in that. 
However, there became this battle for my my mind and my heart in this area, I feel like, that the enemy kind of swooped in and was like, started that whole comparison game of, well, you've been blogging for two years and did you see so-and-so just started a blog last week and she's already got thousands of followers and, you know, all this stuff going on who, you know, you must be a loser, like all these just crazy thoughts, you know? And so then inserts the spirit of feeling like we need to hustle. We need to make things happen. If I could only do more, if I could only, you know, do X, Y, Z, then my numbers would grow. And in the second that starts happening in our heart, I feel like a shift takes place when we're no longer getting our marching orders from God. I'm not getting my marching orders from what everybody else is up to. <laughs> I'm basically yeah. getting, I'm getting my orders from what are all the other soldiers doing? Well, that's a really dangerous place to be in. I mean, think about an actual battle. If, if they all just started doing that, you know, like, let's forget the commander. Let's just see what everybody else is up to. <laughs> right. Well, we all have different jobs, you know? And so then now you've got gaps. And so anyhow, um, the, that's the, the short story of how it's been building for a while. And it really was just this year, even a few months ago, that it kind of hit this that eruption point that I talked about. And I shared a Instagram IGTV video on it. And it was amazing the number of women who do the types of things we do in this online space were like, oh, me too. Oh my gosh, you just put to words what I was thinking. Right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. And when you're talking, I just I thought about how it is a struggle for probably every single person who gets online, even with the best of intentions to begin with. I think that the enemy is just like, oh, they're getting online to be effective and to share the me the message of the gospel. I'm going to go attack that. And so one of the things that I thought is I think that it's really good for us to understand that that will happen and that there's going to be temptation and to not get bogged down in the condemnation when that does happen but to just continuously like check our hearts and, and see, you know, like what place am I at? Am I starting to compare myself? Am I starting to, you know, strive? Because I know, you know, like you said, I have definitely been in that place where I have gone to the striving and the, it's just like the complete opposite of a place of rest where you have this calling on your life and you're taking steps of obedience and God's just making a way and he's maybe giving you one step at a time and you're having to completely trust him to just taking the reins in your hand. So I just want to say like no condemnation if you've either done that or you're in that place. Just like you were saying, it's so easy to just repent when we realize that and ask him for forgiveness and move forward. And I don't want anybody listening to feel like, oh, my gosh, I'm in that place. I'm doing I'm, you know, doing such a bad thing. But it's, yeah. a, it's a good reminder to not let the enemy who is actually attacking us and trying to get us off course then place shame on us for that thing. Yeah, absolutely. And I can always tell when I'm getting to that place. By the way, everything I, I know that I'm going to talk about today, I do not talk about it from up on a soapbox. I talk about it from in the trenches because it's, right. it, it's constantly a something I feel like, woohoo, I overcame it. And then a few months later, I'm like, uh oh, wait, what happened? You know, I've, yeah. I've reverted my mind. You know, I get just like you said, constantly checking our hearts. And so it's definitely not something that only a few people struggle with. I, I feel like 
I don't know if I've ever met anybody who doesn't struggle to some degree or hasn't struggled in this area and doesn't have to constantly reevaluate. But I know for me, I can always tell when I'm getting off course and when my heart's getting off course, when I no longer enjoy the work, right. um, when, it, when it feels heavy and I'm like, oh, I'm supposed to be posting to social media today. You know, when it, start, <laughs> when it starts getting like that, I'm like, uh oh, I've stopped enjoying this, you know, and yeah. even um, our pastor did a message this weekend called Enjoy the Ride. And I felt like it was the Lord just reminding me, Rachel, I did not give you this this anointing and this burden to go preach my message just so you could be miserable. Like, let's enjoy this, you yeah. know, let's have fun with this again. Right. Yeah, definitely. That's so good. Well, one thing that I know, one of the reasons why we began to even talk about this is because in the Christian community, in the Christian online space and even, you know, pastor space and teachers, preachers um, are people that just are built, you know, have built a platform or, uh, you, you know, well, pretty much built a platform for themselves or perhaps even God builds a platform for them. But sometimes we see people who we think are doing really well and they've been at it for a long time and they have made such a huge difference in people's lives, them like falling away or renouncing their faith or going off course in way in things that are just not biblical and not being rooted and grounded in theology and that kind of stuff. So what do you think? I mean, we've talked about a lot of stuff that can be distractions and pull us away, but how do we avoid that? Because I think it actually becomes a fear for people the enemy again. He's so sneaky, right? But um, he would love to attack us in in those ways. And then we can actually become paralyzed and not want to do anything because we are afraid that we might veer off in that direction. So how would you encourage somebody in that? And what would you say that they need to do in order to not go on that path? Yeah, you know, it always all comes back to the heart. Isn't that the truth? You know, and that's why the Bible talks about the heart so much and how it's the wellspring of life and we need to guard it. And I think the second that we start taking off on any course, it doesn't matter what area really we're talking about. If we don't stop even for two minutes and just say, hey, Lord, how's my heart on this? Like, what are my motives? Like, really and truly, what are my motives? If that's not happening, our heart will deceive us at times and it will it will take us places that we think seem to be good and I don't think um, anybody maliciously does any of this stuff I think that somehow we just get caught up in that hamster wheel and we're going 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 and we didn't we're going so fast that we have not stopped to you know, really just see how, how am I doing? And um, one one prayer I have started praying over myself, actually, I've always prayed the first part for a while. I just added the second part recently. But, you know, I've asked God that he would not give me any more territory than my character could handle. And so that's the big thing that happens with some of these people that we see that have the big platforms and then they fall. Well, their character wasn't ready for that right. amount, you know, because what people don't realize, those people who have those huge platforms, they're they're under quite a bit of heat. You know, like I, I got to be honest, a fear of mine is I, I kind of fear big platforms. I know that sounds weird, but I don't ever want to be one of those people who has a big platform and screams like, oh my gosh, what if I lead people astray? What You know, and so, and I'm not saying that's right. That's a, a, a battle I have in my own mind that 
the enemy will come at me with of, you know, you can't be trusted with that. But the Lord definitely is always looking at character. And I do believe that he wants our character to be able to handle it. But the second part of the prayer that I've added is, you know, don't, you know, don't give me more than my character to handle, but don't give me any less than what you want me to have. Mm. Because what I do think like, I don't think he wants me to fear having a big platform, right? right. You know, like right. it, it, he wants Christians who do have the character to sustain it, <laughs> who do have the heart in the right place to have those big platforms. And so obviously the first has to come before the next, you know, right. and I'm like, okay, if, if my character, my character may never get there. And you know what? I actually thank God for that. I'm like, God, thank you so much that you do not give me more than what I could handle. You know, I, I would not only bring devastation on other people, but even in my own household, uh, I'm a really firm believer that our ministry should never come above outside our home should never come above our inside our home. That's just a a conviction I have. And, and, um, and I know, again, I know myself where I am right now today, I would be tempted to not let it be that way. <laughs> if God were to give me, you know, more than what I have going on right now. Right, right. Yeah, that's, that's really good. You know, it makes me think about how, you know, you shared about your journey starting this, it's all a journey. And part of that journey is building our character. And those temptations that we have and how we handle it and how we continue to go back to God, I want what your will is and I want to seek you first and put you first. And of course, we probably won't get it right all of the time, but just realizing that, you know, where you're, where you start is important and you don't necessarily have to stay stuck as long as you continue to grow along that journey and your character is going to grow too. So I think that's an awesome prayer that God will keep you in the place that your character can handle or not limiting yourself, not, or not actually, I'm going to rephrase that, not limiting God by being afraid or, you know, thinking, oh, I'm just going to keep small so that I don't rock the boat too much, but maybe God actually wants to take your weaknesses or the, you know, the things that he's done in you and actually do something really incredible. So that's an amazing prayer. I think that we should actually type that out and put it in the show notes so that our community can have that. I think it, it would be really good. Yeah. And one more thing on the character, I feel like God just gave me kind of a a visual example is even how we can test to see if our character is in a good place is that example, how you and I at the beginning of the show talked about, you know, when I've been blogging two years, let's say, and Jane starts her blog last week and already has more followers than me right there. My reaction to that is very living proof of where my character is. Right. If I get bitter and jealous and well, but be, 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 you know, <laughs> venom comes out of me. Okay. For sure. My character, it's a good thing. Mine's not growing because clearly there's something off in my heart, but if I can bless Jane and say, wow, that's so cool. But, you know, that's awesome. And share her stuff. Then it's an indication. And so that's how I personally Obviously, God knows my character better than I do. But those situations, when I see that jealousy rise up, mm-hmm. I'm like, "Ooh, we need to work on that one. Right. <laughs> you know? yeah, oh, that, so. yeah, that's really, really good. That, this morning, I actually have a somewhat of an example of that. This morning, I was on my Brave Moms Instagram account, which is 
fairly new and I have been, you know, working on that. My heart on it is to just really encourage moms. And of course, I, I took the summer off to focus on my family um, and also be an example in that, hopefully. But, you know, I was looking at the numbers this morning and I was I had the thought like, God, I would really love for this to grow because I just feel like there's so many moms out there that need encouragement. And so I, I kind of felt like God asked me, like, what would you like your follower number to be? And I immediately thought of a number. But as soon as I thought of that number, I felt like such conviction in my heart. And I felt like God was kind of leading me to this place where he was like, basically, my my next thought was, God, what is your will? What, you know, mm-hmm. what do you want for this account and in the way that it grows and the way that, you know, people are ministered to by it. And as soon as I got that perspective, it totally changed my heart from looking at the numbers to, you know, what God's, what his heart for these women is. It, I mean, it was so like, not to say that it was self-centered before it was definitely to encourage these women, but it was, it was superficial, I guess, you know, because the numbers, we often look at the numbers and we think the more, the better, but that is just, it's an external representation of something that has no weight in the really important things. We don't know how many people's lives are being changed and transformed with the one follower or the two followers Mm -hmm. or the, the few. In fact, it's possible that you having a small community that you are really pouring into intending to that your impact, your kingdom impact, which is what is the most important is actually greater than what the numbers look like. So keeping that, it's so hard to keep that perspective, mm-hmm. but it's so important, I think, for us. Yeah. To- I'm glad you brought that up because not even kidding you, just yesterday I got an email from someone who had signed up to be on my email list. And one thing that I I try to do is anytime anybody who's on my email list emails me, I make it priority to email them back. That's just something that is just like, I'm still small enough. I can do that, right? You know, maybe there'll be a day where I can't, but right now I can. She sent me an email back that just basically said why she was so drawn to this this community, my podcast community and, and um, over on Instagram was because she said, you bring good content, but she said, you're still, you're not so famous that I can't ever, that you won't ever respond to our messages or our emails. And she said, that makes it feel really personal to me. And God really just blessed me with that. Cause I thought that is exactly why we have these seasons where, you know, and like, and again, coming to that piece in my own heart of wherever God wants me, you know, maybe it is always, you know, at a size of a platform where I can always personally respond to emails. Right. And if, and if that's that, then okay, that's great. That's, that's my call, but no more, no less. You right. Know? So, right. So the question just comes to mind. Why do you think it is that we have such a desire? I mean, it feels like a natural pull and a natural tendency to have lots of followers. Yeah. When you, I, I feel like it's kind of a deep question. <laughs> yeah. But what what would you say your thoughts I actually, are? 
I think it's an identity issue. You know, if you look at this whole number thing, in fact, I almost made a post the other day and maybe I still will. I guess I'm about to publicly say it. So now, now I have to, but um, <laughs> basically I was reading and, you know, I'm reminded of Timothy and how people look down on him because of his age. And when I was reading that, I felt like God said, don't let people look down on you because of your numbers. And if you think yeah. about as women, anyways, our weight, it's a number, right? Our checkbook, you know, our bank account, it's a number somewhere along the way, this numbers thing has like been ingrained in the human heart that it is what makes you somebody special. And if you think about it, even myself included, I will confess with my mouth in front of everybody here today that if I go look at somebody's Instagram account and they have 50,000 followers, I'm like, I like the thought enters my head first thing. Wow, they must be somebody special. Right. I should follow them, you know, and versus the person who has 50 followers. Right. Just without even meeting either of these women in person, I would automatically cast a judgment that the one with more followers must be something special. Right. And that's simply I don't know that like that's not the truth, but right. somehow that lie has just been embedded in us. And and there's definitely some training, you know, that's happening. Um, You know, I won't get this is really deep. I won't get into this, but social media, period, Facebook and Instagram, whether we realize it not or not, they're training us in the way we think. <laughs> right. You know, like we, you can we can deny it all we want to, but they're there. They want us to be addicted to their platforms. They want us to be addicted to those numbers, especially because if I'm addicted to it, then I keep coming back. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You know, it reminds me of something actually, as you were talking about that one, one year I went to a conference and I went and I just asked the Holy Spirit to show me where to sit every time I would go in one of the main sessions. And one day I went and I sat next to this woman and she was probably closer to my mom's age than to my age. And I started talking to her and we had this amazing conversation about how younger women and older women don't necessarily always connect, but that these older women have so much life experience and so much to offer us, even if they made a lot of mistakes, you know, through the year, the mothering years or business years or whatever, they learned and have grown and have figured so many things out. So it reminds me of this because you know, talking about the numbers, sometimes the people that we can glean the most from who have the deepest wells of wisdom don't necessarily have all the followers. You know, maybe they're not teeny, tiny, cutesy, you know, the fashionistas who are always tan and have the perfect white teeth. Maybe they don't look like the kind of person that you would necessarily follow, but they may potentially have so much wisdom and, and honestly be able to speak into things that we struggle so much with. And so I've actually begun to look for those people to follow. And it's been so on my heart lately to find the people who have less followers, but who are just like their content is deep and rich and full of wisdom and that their hearts are so yielded to God and like encourage them, you know, be it, follow them and comment on their stuff and get them to continuously, you know, pour out. Whereas there's so much noise, right? And there's so many people that we can follow, but I think yeah. it's really good to keep that in perspective too. Yeah. You bring up a really good point that that is a trend that I see happening, especially if you're someone who's trying to grow a social media platform and things that we're being taught 
don't follow too many people. And I, I used to, not that I go out and follow all the people, but like for me, for example, I felt, I was starting to feel really guilty. I don't even want, guilty is a bad word, but just convicted probably is better. When people who would message me and be like, hey, I just found your podcast and I loved it, blah, 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 blah. And they would follow me. And I'm like, I'm not going to sit here and not follow people back who are like, you know, right. consuming my content. And like, there's a community happening here. I don't want it just to be the Rachel show. You know, right. I'm like, what, what makes me so much better than all of them that they should follow me, but sorry, I'm not going to come and see what you're up to right. or, or at least go back. And like you said, comment on their stuff and encourage them and that we don't just have to follow the people who have big platforms that we would love to get to know, you know, right, so right. I hope that made sense, but it's just something God's convicted me of. of no, <laughs> yeah, it's totally, it totally makes sense. Uh, for brave moms, I feel like that's one of the things that God has specifically told me to not just have people come to me, but actually go to them. There yes. are moms all over Instagram and that's, that's where I tend to be at most, you know, these days when I can go and either follow somebody or just comment on their stuff. A lot of moms are sharing. I had a bad day today or something and just be there and present. So even beyond, you know, getting followers who are consuming your content when you put it out, you can actually go and seek out these people. So I love that. It's a great way to be encouraging. And of course, you know, the algorithms are there and all of that stuff is there and it can get so frustrating, but it gets frustrating when we are striving, not when we are resting and trusting God and allowing him to, you know, do what he wants to do. So I think that's yeah. really good. I want to clarify that I'm not saying you have to follow every single person that follows right. you, but, but I am at least being open to if the Holy Spirit tells me you need to connect to this woman deeper, you know, you, I want you to go back and, and connect with her and just being willing to do that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I know that's really staying sensitive to the Holy Spirit is important. Yeah. So what would you say? Cause I know sometimes I struggle with this. Uh, I'll just be honest about this struggle. You know, sometimes I think, well, God, you gave me this dream and this desire to do this and, and a sense of needing to grow it. And so there is a certain amount of work that I want to put into this and I want to be a faithful, good steward, but it does seem like it's so, you know, it can be so back and forth with, okay, what am I supposed to do? How much work and effort should I put in this and how much do I just kind of sit back and let God take the reins? So I, I kind of feel like in our community, there might be people who like, this is my job or this is my business or this is my core ministry. And I spend eight hours a day doing this. And I know that you're in that same boat. You guys have a business and you have this ministry that you're doing and podcasts and, you know, all kinds of things. So how do you find that balance? I know we talked a little bit about, um, you know, listening to the Holy Spirit and, and all of that, but what would you say from like a business minded perspective about finding the balance about what you do and how you pour your time in? Yeah. You know, I think especially when it comes to ministry, sometimes we can learn a lot about how to run a ministry by learning how to run a business. And when I think about, for example, you know, our business, we have a clinic and, you know, we're open 40 hours a week. 
So when I think about our goals, if we were to say, I mean, I'm not going to throw numbers out because nobody will care about that. But like if we were to make a really huge goal on what kind of numbers of patients we want to see each week, but then we said, but we're only going to be open Monday mornings for four hours. Okay. Those two things don't even line up with each other, right. you know? And, and I think that's step one, which is, that's just really simple. I think there's a, a lot of us in this online space in particular who think, oh yeah, I want to, you know, have all the, you know, all these followers. I want to have the podcast. I want to have, I want to do all the things. I want to be all the places. But if we really look at our schedule, we have two hours a week we can put towards it, you know, and for some of us, two hours is doing good, you know, to get to work on your stuff. Right. And so if, if that's you, even before you start, you know, you only have a very limited amount of time. It's going to be crucial to get laser like focused and not be all the places. Right. That doesn't mean you can't eventually be all the places, but you need to start with one. Like, let's just tackle one, master that, get systems running in the background so it runs well enough on its own and then okay what's the next one and that is again it goes back to the whole comparison thing something we don't realize some of the people that we look up to in this space they are working 40 hours a week on this right compared to my two you know and and so that's why that whole comparison thing is so dangerous because well yeah they have a whole team that's helping them get things together and they have you know all these hours and you know the cool thing to me about god is nothing is wasted because i know i have felt like over the years especially there you know even within the last few years there's been weeks where i do zero hours on my online you know ministry and that could depress some people but to me, it doesn't because I've laid a really solid foundation that when the time comes, I know for me personally, I feel like there is going to be a day when God says, okay, Rachel, I won't ever do 40 hours, but I want you to put 20 hours a week towards your online ministry, right. you know, and I, I do sense that that day will come. And the cool thing is when that day comes, I'll already have a really solid foundation and I'll already know how to do a lot of the things. I'll already know how to run systems. I'll already know how to do them. So then it's like a rocket ship. You're just like, okay, boom, let's do it. We're just going to add some hours into this and, and maybe some team members and it's just going to take off. And so I think, you know, it's like the farmer there's always different seasons. <laughs> and I think a, a farmer, if he doesn't fully understand the process, will get discouraged in the season where he's just planting the seeds, you know, just watering it like that can be discouraging. And that's, that's legit. We all struggle with that. Of oh, man, this is discouraging. I feel like I'm like, watering this stuff every day, you know, like what's happening. But then when it does finally sprout and blossom, not only are you amazed, but everybody around you is amazed. And that's what people refer to as quote unquote overnight success, which, you know, <laughs> that that term cracks me and my husband up because we're like, there's no such thing as overnight success. Right. You saw you saw the fruit come into into fruition overnight. Yes, that that could be true. But there's no such thing as just somebody taken off and, and doing that right away. Right. I hope that I hope that was practical or helped. Yeah, no, I think that was that was great. So great. So I think somebody new who is listening, you know, maybe they're just starting. I think that is so good for them to hear that they don't have to be, you know, a lot of times we say things like don't compare your middle to somebody else's end or you don't compare your beginning to someone else's middle. But it's so hard to keep in perspective. But I think that 
is really encouraging to somebody who is new or maybe they've only had 30 minutes a week to do this. And that's all God has asked them to do. So I think what I hear you saying is just be faithful with what God has given you and what he's asked you and maybe even reevaluate what did God ask you to do? And are you staying in that lane or are you trying to do too much? Are you spread too thin? That kind of reflection is really good and important. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I, I do get women. Um, I hear this a lot from women that when they have time, then they're going to start that blog right. or once they have X, Y, Z amount of time. And I just really encourage you don't wait until you, you'll never have time, right? You have to make it. And, but the amount that you'll have will change. So, you know, you might have five minutes one week and then maybe next week it's going to bump up to 15. But an example of this in my own life would be with my podcast. I felt like God told me to start it last year. In the beginning, I was like, I can offer one a month. That's all I can do. And most people, people. I think I might be the first, I mean, maybe somebody else has done that. I feel like I'm the first that I know of who's ever done something that ridiculous because people (laughs) would just, that's ridiculous. A one time a month show, who's going to tune in for that? Well, ever since that month, it has continued every single month. It has keeps growing and I am now offering two shows a month. Woohoo, you know, and the goal is eventually to do weekly. I feel like God has used this example to remind me he needed me to ease into it. Because if you're listening today and you're like me, I'm not a tech savvy person. Um, what takes most people 10 minutes to do probably takes me an hour in this department. And so it's like he kind of eases me in to some of these things. He's, he's like, you can do it now. Let's press this button. Whereas if I had sh- started out that podcast with a weekly show, I would have been somewhere in the corner crying for sure. You know, right. so, so there's also that positive thing of that slow growth that kind of eases you into these processes. That way, when you are doing it more, it's not such a burden. Right, right. That is such a good point. I I would also add to that, though, you know, wherever you're at and whatever God is doing in your life now, don't discount that as well. I, I remember when I kind of got pulled onto the Declare team. It's a funny story yeah. because I never set out to be on the declare team or work for a conference and God just kind of put me in the middle of these girls. And there was something that I could do to help out that I said yes to. But when I look back the journey, God took me through all of these different things that I had to learn, you know, in a lot of these years of doing declare, I haven't done things for the other things that I feel called to, you know, it was a lot of serving Uh, other people's dreams and missions and, you know, coming, coming alongside that and cheering them on and, you know, contributing how I could and helping out doing a lot of technical stuff in the background. And that stuff, every single bit of it has been preparation for the other things that God has called me to. So even if you're in a season where, you know, maybe you feel like, well, I just want to figure out the social media stuff. So I'm going to go and try and help somebody else do theirs or whatever it is that God is calling you to. It may just be that you are in a season of preparation and you're learning and be faithful with that. You know, like you said, you are faithful to do what you could with what you had. And God doesn't call us to a place of being overwhelmed or overtaxed. So that's really, that's really, really good. So I think of for me, you know, we talk about the fears that we have sometimes and, you know, are we going to get off track? For me, I think the biggest fear that I have with all of this 
is if I were to get to the end of my life and look back and see that all that I did was for nothing, like it was selfish ambition. It was just trying to get the numbers. It was trying to promote myself and not actually build God's kingdom and do all of that. So I continually pray that God will keep me on track and that he will just keep pulling me back to himself and that I won't like I'll have this deep sense of conviction if I am going off course. And God is so faithful to bring us back. But we have a choice, right, about whether or not we actually pay attention to him and listen to him. How would you encourage somebody like as we're kind of wrapping up now to be intentional and to live their lives in such a way that they are, there's a scripture that I'm reminded of, Philippians 2, 3, that it says, do not be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. So how do we do that in a practical way? And how do we, how do we grow close to God so that we're staying in that place and, and so that we won't get to the end of our journey and look back with regret? Yeah, you know, I once had a counselor tell me because I shared that same kind of concern with her about myself. I'm like, I just keep I just don't want my motives to be wrong because I feel like it is sometimes frustrating when you're going, going and you're doing things. And then when you do get that wake up call that you've been doing it for maybe not great motives, it kind of is like a sucker punch to the gut because you realize not only have I've been wasting my time and energy, but I've been subjecting other people to this too, you know, by, by, and, and it's a little embarrassing maybe too, you know, just when you start, you know, when you, when God convicts you of that and, and I was sharing that with her and she said, Rachel, the mere fact that you're even concerned about that means you're not going to have troubles with that because people who get so far gone in this area, they usually have zero conviction. (laughs) They're not, you know, they're not really, that's not a concern of theirs. And so first of all, I would just say, if it's a concern of yours, that's good news. You know, that means God has your heart. You know, that means you're, you're submitted to God and he's saying, Hey, as long as you just keep checking in with me and you keep giving me, you know, the permission to tap on your shoulder when you're going a little astray, then we're going to be good. Um, So I think that's one thing. But then two other practical things that I do, you know, if you're talking for an example, like with social media, I don't do this every time because I'm a human being, but I really try to pray before I put a post out. Even two, you know, I'm not talking about bended knee for hours, but like a 10 second prayer, God, please get this post in front of whoever needs to see it. And is there anything in here that will strike people you know, wrong or that I need to reword. And here's the cool thing about that simple prayer. And I don't pray exactly like that, but that theme is there has been times where I was about to post something and God's like, I didn't tell you to post that. <laughs> Why are you posting that picture? And I'm like, oh yeah. Cause I was, it makes me look good. Doesn't it? Okay. All right. Well, we're not posting that, you know, and he has literally stopped me from posting things at times. But then, you know, the other thing has happened I haven't said the prayer all the time and I can go back and look at things I've posted and I can see the spirit that's surrounding that post. And I'm like, sometimes I'll delete it or I will just repent, you know, and be like, Lord, I'm sorry. I went off track there for a while. Didn't I, you know, on some of these things, let's, let's get back together. And then the the last practical thing I would say, and I think this might be the hardest for all of us because it's really hard to find women who will speak truth to you. But if you could even just have one person in your life that you would give permission, to say, hey, if you see me going off, like 
chasing things and speaking a certain way and, and doing self-promotion, would you lovingly pull me aside and be like, all right, sister, what's up? You know, and, and, uh, you know, how, how are you doing? How's your heart? You can at least have one person like that in your life who you trust to speak into your life. I think that's a really good safeguard too. That's really, really good. Well, is there anything else that you would want to say before we wrap up just to encourage women to build, build the kingdom and not necessarily a platform for themselves? couple things. One, do not despise small beginnings. I believe that's Zechariah. I love that verse. But you know, one thing I would say is that I'm in the process of writing my first book and why this whole thing came into a volcanic eruption for me lately is because of advice just given to me that it's all about the platform. It's all about the platform. It's all about the platform. And so we're being fed that thought a lot. I had a an author who I look up to. He's written several books. And he told me when I was talking to him about this, he told me, Rachel, you need to go ahead and get straight in your head that success is obedience. Mm -hmm. Success is not numbers. Success is not how many people bought the book, how many people visited the website, how many people downloaded the podcast. That's not that's not success. Success is simply obedience. So that's what I would tell you. For those of you listening today, if you maybe feel discouraged, no matter where your numbers are, if you're struggling with the whole platform thing, I would just tell you, keep going back. In fact, I'm actually having a sign made to put over my computer when I write that says success is obedience because I'm just like, or obedience is success. Sorry. It, it, and that's just because I, I need that reminder every single day. So that is so good when you're doing that, you can't, you can't really get off track. I know I've been working on a book for a few years and there've been so many things that have happened that were seemingly derailing the entire process for me. It's, it's been one of the hardest things that I've done, but it's so true that when you are focusing on being obedient, then no matter what, changes happen or things come along, then that is the important thing. That's the thing that impacts your your heart the most. And it also impacts other people. So I think that's super powerful. And that I think that we should also put that in the show notes <laughs> of this podcast. So well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me. I always love hearing from your heart. You're such an encourager. And so for the women in the body of Christ, and of course, our declare community. And um, I'm just grateful for you taking the time. Thank you. It was fun. Don't you love listening to Kristen and Rachel chat? Those two are just full of insight and wisdom. Speaking of insight and wisdom, we know you're going to love the lineup we have for you at Declare this October. We don't have a lot of tickets left, so grab yours soon if you haven't already. And the appointments are going quick too. If you have an idea for a book or need help clarifying your message, if you need help figuring out how to find your people, if you have a book proposal or a one sheet you want to share, don't wait. Grab your Declare ticket and your appointment slot before they sell out. You can find all the details on our website at wearedeclare.com. Just click on the conference tab. Until next time, what has you getting your hopes up? Bye, y'all.